How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Fear Frequency, the show where two best friends talk horror movies and video games every Wednesday morning. We're recording this the day after Memorial Day, so this isn't like a timely message, but hopefully you are all able to find something fun to do. Did you do anything fun yesterday, George, with your day off? Uh, I went up to my uncle's place on Harsons Island, which is uh, this small island, like halfway up Michigan, where a lot of people have their boats and, and do big parties on the lake and stuff like that. Were the people out and about? Yeah, there was a ton of boats on the water. It was They were packed. jamming? Yeah, jamming. People were going like 90 in front of the ferry and stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like quarantine has pretty much ended. We went yesterday to malibu wines but it's not malibu wines anymore it's just the safaris now because they burned down and it's like there's like a whole reason why they haven't been able to reopen but we got to do a hike and see all the animals and stuff and that was pretty fun uh but up there no one was really wearing a mask i was like well it's normal this is crazy (laughs) yeah i feel like a lot of people are kind of done with being inside and now the weather is kind of nice everywhere people are trying to get out so Hopefully it doesn't cause a (laughs) wave too. Yeah, it seems like the mentality right now is if you want to stay inside and isolate, that's fine. But other people are just kind of done with it, I think. And like, I'm not making judgments one way or the other personally. It doesn't really bother me because I'm like doing my best to stay away from people. I'm still wearing a mask, but it's just not healthy or effective to stay inside and just do absolutely nothing. I'm not going near nursing homes. And I know there's an argument that like if I was carrying it and I gave it to someone at Ralph's and then they went to a nursing home and saw their parent, they could give it to them. But I feel like if you're going to see someone who's old enough to where they're pretty much guaranteed to die from it, you should be taking the precautions yourself to make sure that you're isolating and not going near those people that could get sick from it. I feel like that's on you you know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, you can see both sides. It's a, it's a strange time for everybody. Yeah. But this started in March and now it's essentially (laughs) June. (laughs) So I think based on the fact that most people are just done with it, it's, it's going to end pretty soon, which is a good sign for movies coming out. I know uh, Christopher Nolan is very adamantly releasing Tenet in theaters this year and the rumored release date is in July. So I feel like Sooner or later, stuff's just going to start opening. Um, I know Phase 3 in LA is about to begin in June, and that means Disneyland can open back up. So I feel like what, if Disneyland can open up, that that's like the sign that everything is A-OK to start reopening, get back to normal, get the economy going again. Yeah, and uh, I've heard some rumblings that you know possibly theaters will be at like half capacity, things like that. So that there are things that they could possibly do to help, uh, you know, have people still social distance if they they feel the need to yeah and i'm i'm totally fine to do that i just need to be able to do stuff again you know it's like yeah it's bad for your mental health to just be inside all day but with movie theaters shut down and game developers mostly working from home there's not really a ton of news but when i was going down bloody disgusting a couple news stories stood out to me obviously there's no halloween update because we did the big one last week from the halloween at home event but an exciting news to us David Robert Mitchell, the director of It Follows, is working on a new movie, George. And it's called Heroes and Villains. It's a genre-bending and 
wait genre blending and genre bending project why is this written like this <laughs> i just copied this from an article i also removed like 15 superhero references from this hollywood <laughs> reporter article like i don't know i don't understand why they're trying to get cute with this shit so it's a genre blending and bending project that he wrote and will direct. He is also producing along with two guys named Chris Bender and Jake Weiner. That sounds fake. Uh, he's been working on it for a while. He already has the script done and he's going to start casting soon. There's no like plot details, but it's going to be a new take on superheroes. Obviously, the last movie he made was Under the Silver Lake, which A24 did pretty dirty. It starred Andrew Garfield, which is like a huge A-list actor. And it had a cool mystery plot. We both really liked it, but they kept pushing it around before just dumping it on the Blu-ray. So it's good to see that that didn't hurt his career. I remember the last time we talked about him, that was the, the like, worry we had. Yeah, that was a really strange release, Under the Silver Lake, because I was looking forward to it, wanted to see it in theaters. And then, like you said, that was kind of kicked around, and it was, like, November, and then it was summer, and then I had no idea where it released. If it was only in art house theaters. And really, I just ended up watching it one day when I saw it was on uh, Amazon Prime and really enjoyed it. But it's like, why did I have to wait <laughs> two, two years to see it or whatever? Yeah, it showed up first on... Vin no, it wasn't Vinegar Syndrome. It was one of those... Oh, I think Diabolic DVD had it, but it was like a overseas DVD copy. I tried to get that and it was sold out immediately because people were like, oh shit, you can just buy this? Like that, <laughs> It was like crazy because A24 was still talking about release dates. And then I ended up with a DVD of it somehow, but I eventually watched it on Amazon Prime. So I thought that was a really good movie. I'm glad he's still doing stuff. I'd be pissed if I had to deal with the shit he went through with that movie, especially following something up like It Follows. Like, that's not like a small-time right. art house movie. Like, that's a movie people regard as a modern Halloween. Right. <laughs> you know? you have, there's a lot, a huge falling for that movie, no pun intended. Yeah, I might. I want to rewatch uh, Under the Silver Lake, and then I'll talk about that next week because that movie is underseen and underrated. The um, the plot for this movie though is is kind of interesting. I know uh, this topic was sort of handled a little bit with like Brightburn, which came out last year, which was kind of a different take on superheroes. That was sort of the evil uh, Superman origin story, and with uh, Amazon's show. The Boys, which was based on the comic series, is also kind of the same idea where it's like superheroes, but they're actually the villains. And so, you know, not necessarily that that's the route that they're going to take with it, but that's sort of the, you know, different spin on the superhero genre. And uh, I think that's kind of a cool like genre and idea that not too many people have played around in. Yeah, I can't imagine the budget's going to be huge or anything. So I think it'll be cool to see whatever it is. It'll probably be out, I would guess... Just based on where it's at, probably end of next year, beginning of 2022. So we probably have a long time to wait for it. But we'll keep our eye on it. You'll hear about it here. The real big news today, though, George, is that uh, the new season, or I don't really know if they're called seasons in Dead by Daylight, but the <laughs> new, the new like, anniversary stream, I think it's the fourth anniversary of Dead by Daylight happened today. And the, the announcement that came out of it is genuinely fucking awesome. They're doing a Silent Hill DLC where you can play as Pyramid Head from Silent Hill 2, I think, and 1. And you can play as Cheryl Mason on the survivor side, who's the main character of 3. And the map they have is the elementary school. So they basically just took, like, cherry-picked the best aspects of Silent Hill and modernized them for this game. 
and I think that's really cool. You can play it now on the test server, but um, if you want to wait till when you can buy it, it comes out on June 16th, so it's right around the corner. Yeah, the uh, trailer they released for this is awesome. Pinhead looks really cool. The the elementary school Dude, is I a great. Dude, I keep calling him Pinhead too. You called him Pinhead. Yeah, I yeah. wrote it fifty thousand times. <laughs> I keep calling him Pinhead. Pyramid Head. Uh, yeah, he looks cool. Um, the elementary school is a cool setting. Obviously, I think that's just like you know something interesting and not definitely not a setting that's played out at all in these types of games. So. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I think that the Silent Hill franchise has a you know pretty big like cult following, so I feel like this is going to bring quite a few people uh, to this game when this content drops. Yeah, Pyramid Head's like a perfect fit. He it says he'll stand apart from other killers because he can attack with a ranged attack that goes through objects, and he can dig trenches with his sword, and you'll have to kind <laughs> of work around those, which sounds sweet. And he can also uh, sacrifice survivors faster which is a really cool ability for a killer uh this game is still huge there's i checked on steam and there were 75k concurrence like really? playing it actively yeah right, right now just crazy um i think it was smart to go with pinhead or pyramid head pyramid. <laughs> pyramid head because we they have like every horror movie icon in the game except pinhead speaking of pinhead at this point um, but they generally go with the cheapest possible license. I don't know if that's a purposeful move, but that's how we end up with the shittiest Michael Myers, the shittiest Freddy. Right. Uh, the Saw one is like kind of weird too. But with a video game character or characters, they can just do it right. And it is a video game after all. So I'd be really happy to see like Resident Evil crossovers, even though that's probably not going to happen now that they're multiplayer competitors out. But... I feel like this is just a no-brainer. And I saw a bunch of people bitching that, like, oh, like, oh, you know, Pyramid Head's from a different game than Cheryl, and, like, the school's from a different game than yada yada. This isn't the right way to do it. It's like, I don't understand why Silent Hill fans, who are, like, the most diehard fans possible, keeping this franchise alive based on games that came out on PS2, <laughs> are being picky right now. Right, especially when you were... Like like you were saying, it seems like they're cherry picking all the fan favorite like locations and characters, and then putting all that into the game. Like, wouldn't you want the highlights of the series to be picked up as opposed to trying to tackle it like in chronological order or something? Yeah, like you'd think, and it's like five bucks. You're really gonna be this upset over five dollars, and the new updated character models for both Pyramid Head and Cheryl look awesome. They look really cool, uh, like next gen, like current gen actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, I'm gonna definitely finally play this game. <laughs> I I've given it a shot over the years. I know me and you have played it a couple times. Yeah, I'm, um, I've probably put like two hours into that game total. Uh, never really clicked with me, but um, I, I mean, I can see myself, you know, paying a couple extra bucks and uh, jumping back into it when the stuff drops. Yeah, I. Kind of like a love-hate relationship with it. I like that they have all the classic characters. And I thought it was cool that they added Ash from Evil Dead as a survivor. Mm-hmm. I wish it was like the younger one from Evil Dead 2 instead of the Ash versus Evil Dead one. Because it came out way after that show ended. <laughs> but he's still cool to have there. Like the only character they're actually missing at this point is Pinhead. And I could definitely see him and Art the Clown potentially being future ones. Because yeah. you know like Pinhead 3... It's just the easiest license to get. <laughs> right. I have a strong feeling Art the Clown will make it in. 
Um, I did some research too. They've optimized it a lot. The net code works really well. Um, I just don't like playing as a survivor. I've tried it a few times. I think it's kind of boring, but I never really played as the killer. So maybe I'll try playing as Pyramid Head. Yeah, I mean that, or maybe if we can get, you know, like a full team together, that might be better if you're playing as a survivor, if you actually have like active communication with everybody else. Yeah, I know it has like a full on progression system too with survivors where you get items that make it easier to play. So I feel like you just have to commit and get over that early game grind with right. survivor and then that will intrinsically teach you how to play the game i don't know i'm re-downloading it i'm downloading the test server so i can try out the silent hill stuff because i just really want to see that map the haddonfield map is pretty cool i will say it's like a cool outdoor halloween map um they have their own original killers too which are all awesome it's weird that this is like the only successful uh asymmetrical horror multiplayer game other than friday the 13th which i feel like would be a lot bigger now if they didn't have to deal with that lawsuit right that kind of crippled them when when that game was kind of picking up steam yeah so next up last news story we have here um i noticed this article on bloody disgusting from megan navarro that was like five found footage movies that you can stream right now and i found out through that about this streaming service called tubi have you heard of it <laughs> no i can't say i'm a, i have heard of Tubi. it's free it has ads which is why it's free but mm-hmm. This movie we've talked about on the show a few times was on there. It's we it's called The Borderlands, but it's also known as Final Prayer, which I did not know at all. <laughs> That's on there. So obviously, the, the, go check out the whole article. There's some cool stuff on there. But George and I, have de- we've mentioned that movie a few times. That's the one where those two guys are sent by the Vatican to that weird Catholic village in the like middle of nowhere in Europe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that? And then it ends, it's like, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it ends up in a really cool tunnel sequence that's like great for found footage that Mm -hmm. that movie like punches way way outside of its budget like that movie scared the shit out of us you remember that (laughs) yeah yeah now that you mention it i haven't thought about this movie probably since we watched it but uh yeah i mean i I always like that kind of uh religious aspect like vatican popes you know evil churches and stuff it's always a cool setting and and usually pretty fun with the characters yeah and the idea is cool because it's like they're sending these guys to investigate to see if it's worth coming out to do an exorcism if i remember right so it's very plausible and they're just kind of like two normal guys i think i don't know why this movie never really caught on but i used to see it in 7-eleven all the time and it had the worst (laughs) box art and I remember when we wanted to watch it, it was so hard to find, too. Is that a, like a straight-to-DVD movie? Yeah, I think it was like a Redbox or like a Netflix-type movie. Or, no. yeah. Well, I, I don't remember how we even watched it, but it was hard to find because I saw it on a list back then, I think like four or five years ago, and then I like searched high and low for it. It was actually like very challenging to get a hold of. So now you can just watch it for free with ads but that's still cool yeah good old tubi coming in to save the day dude i've never heard of that (laughs) i've never heard of it but there's like a bunch of shit on there there's like good stuff on there like most of the movies she put on her list were on tubi for free so like i'm not gonna complain no i mean you know it's the age of the streaming service you gotta have uh you know the compelling content to get people to to get on there yeah there's a roku app so i can actually watch it on my tv i don't have to use like my computer or my ipad or something <laughs> oh and they actually have a, a ps4 app too so they're one step ahead of shutter 
You can watch it on your broken PS4. <laughs> yep. So I'm going to check out 2B after the show. So that covers it for the news this week. I actually have a few things on here for my movies and games. You inspired me to check out some Shutter originals last week. Yeah. The room really sold it for you. <laughs> I was like, well, if that's the bottom tier, maybe there's some better stuff. And there was. There was a good one. I found a good one. Um, Blood Quantum. It showed at TIFF, I guess, last year. Canada funded part of it, so it's like got kind of a big budget. And the plot is a Native American reserve is immune to a zombie plague, and they have to deal with the fallout of it when white refugees show up after everything's kind of fallen apart. Um, it was it was pretty good. It Obviously, it looks really good, and it was set in the 80s. And the way they discover the zombie virus is... This uh, Native American dude is fishing, and after he guts the fish, they're still flopping around, and he's like, what the frick? <laughs> he's like, what's going on here? And then it kind of jumps forward a couple years, and they're on their reservation because they're all immune. And then um, it's like a, it's got some social commentary, obviously, but I think it's a little heavy-handed on that shit. I was like, okay, like, okay, like, yeah, dude. It was like it was really just like hammering it hard and to the mm-hmm. point where it kind of like lost its own plot towards the middle, but then it picked up towards the end and I thought it was like a really cool movie. So if you have Shutter, it feels like a high quality movie. It's not like, um, like a streaming service movie. Like I would have, I would have like seen this in a theater. I think. Is it so? It's a zombie movie. So is there decent like gore effects, or is it mostly the Native Americans versus like other people? It's mostly practical. It's like mostly practical zombie gore, blood. There's a lot of zombie kills. It's it feels kind of like The Last of Us. It could exist in that universe, even though they are really just straight up zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of like infighting on the reservation, like because they obviously they take in these like white people who have a baby, um, and everything kind of just goes to shit from there because some people are happy about it, some people aren't. It's well made. I think it's a little too long though. Like, it, it kind of just goes on in the middle, and you're like, all right, like, let's mm-hmm. pick up, let's pick up. <laughs> and then it does. <laughs> and then it just ends. So, I mean, it was good. I'd give it, I'd give it like, out of five stars, probably, like, a three. Okay. On a good that's, day. Maybe maybe two and a half if I'm, like, you <laughs> know. really critical. Yeah, like, in a month, if I'm looking back on it, I'll probably, like, lower the score. But it was a good three-star movie that made me look up from my work while i had it on tv i mean it's pretty uh pretty good yeah and it's like an original so if you're paying for shutter right might as well take advantage of that yeah and then you had this on the list last week but shutter also has i know what you did last summer it just got added so you watch this too um the reason this movie is so popular is because it was written by kevin williamson who wrote scream one two and four and is executive producing five Basically, he wrote the screenplay for it based off a novel when, or before Scream came out. But Scream was like one of the first things he ever wrote as like a one-page play. So after Scream blew up, they fast-tracked this movie into production, which is why it's so feels so similar to Scream. It was made so yeah, close yeah. by the same guy. Uh, it's it's a really popular movie. Critics were mixed on it. 125 million on a 17 million budget. The cast is stacked. You've got Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr., Johnny Galecki, Jennifer Love Hewitt, 
And they're like, you know, that was when they were huge. And right. also, I mean, Frank that was Prince like Jr. is sweet because he was on Rebels. He played Kanan, and he knows <laughs> a lot about Star Wars. So I like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like prime, uh, like Buffy time when this movie came out. So what do you what do you think of? I know what you did last summer. I mean, I like it. It it really it's weird because like you're saying, it's like very similar to Scream, but in the sense that like this feels like a movie they would watch in Scream. Like it is like so cliched and fairly like not predictable, but it just is like strange in the like pacing of it. It's not a bad movie, but it definitely is like a very like time capsule nineties horror movie. So Kevin Williamson's like got a really weird career because you know on the one end he has Scream, but then on the other end he has like Vampire Diaries and Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. And this Scream works, I think, because it sits right in the middle of horror and drama. But this one is definitely like moving the needle more towards the Dawson Creek side, you know? Yeah. So I also think the director didn't do a very good job with it. I don't know his name. Jim Gillespie, I think, if I'm remembering right. I, I also think, like, even though it has a huge cast of huge actors at the time, none of them have any chemistry with each other. Like, no, there's no alliances. Like, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Love Hewitt is dating Freddie Prince Jr. at the beginning, but they have no chemistry. It's just you, you only know they're dating because the movie tells you. And then the guy who plays Barry... His name is Ryan Phillip or something. Ryan Phillippe. He he's like always at eleven. Yeah, he's constantly, <laughs> constantly pissed. He's like so mean. These people are his friends. He's like from go. He's a fucking prick. So why are they hanging out with him? You know, like it just doesn't. It, it feels like they're all archetypes instead of being actual right. characters, and they don't feel like they're friends at all. No, and it's like like what one year of college completely disintegrates their entire friendship nobody hangs out with anybody even though three of them still live in the town like the only person who actually leaves is jennifer love hewitt and when she comes back after the summer like nobody is talking anymore no one has seen each other since like i mean i guess that's like a you know the the inciting incident is a fairly traumatic event and maybe maybe that would cause everybody to kind of go their separate ways but it seems like like you're saying it, it was not a good like base friendship to build off of if Everybody splits up that quickly. Yeah, and Johnny Galecki's character feels completely tacked on. It's like who he's like hates them because they're all, I guess, pretty wealthy. But you don't really know how he's like relevant to the story at all. I feel like yeah. you could just cut him out completely and you'd lose nothing at all. Yeah, he's just a paper thin red herring for the first act, and then it's like like no one actually expects him to be the killer. But he, that's that's his entire like role in the movie. Yeah, I think it's cool that it's set around 4th of July because that intrinsically makes it a summer movie. Th- thought that was pretty fun. I can mm-hmm. see why it caught on so much because all the actors are so big and people just like seeing them all together. But the ending of this movie is such a fucking lame cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> like, they realize, like the, the, the problem with this movie is that from Go the main characters are the bad guys they fucking act they think they murder someone and they're not talking about it and then it turns out that person's alive and coming after them like this movie should be told from his perspective and i feel like they realized that towards the end of the script <laughs> or the end of filming 
because they're like, oh, uh, on the night that he was out on the road, it was actually after he staged his friend's suicide and murdered him because his friend was driving a car and uh, his daughter was in the car and his daughter died, but the friend was <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm like, what? They really do, like, rush his backstory into being not a good person. Like, like so quickly that it's even hard to process, like, why he's a villain. It's it's just like, oh, well, I guess they have to get rid of him now. And he's like, like, I kind of get his perspective there. Like, you know, causing the fake suicide, yada, yada. But he goes from that to Michael Myers level killer with a hook. In like, <laughs> yeah. It's like a Scooby-Doo villain. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's got the, like, the fisherman's coat and the hook. I mean, all that stuff's kind of fun in its own in its own right. Like seeing him walk around in the big costume and like, you know, the big kill with the hook, like on the ice block and stuff, is all kind of like, you know, cheesy, campy, sort of fun. So for that, I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of it is campy, but the way it's executed in the movie is like a big budget movie. So it doesn't feel campy. It feels like it feels like they're taking it way too seriously. Yeah, I mean, to me, I guess I just kind of look at the whole movie in that kind of lens because it's, like, so over-the-top and so dramatic, and it's basically a period piece for the 90s at this point. So I'm looking at it through that, like, you know, almost a parody lens. Yeah, I thought it was, like, solid. I- I've seen it before. I've seen it a few times. Uh, this is probably the most positive I've come away from it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I used to, like, really think this movie was... It's weird. It was like an Avatar situation where everyone's seen it, but I don't think anyone really likes it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it was fine. I think it's a good Shutter watch, especially if you're just looking for a cool summer movie to get you in the mood now. And Shutter, you can still use the code. I think it's like Shut In or something. And you can get a free month of Shutter. I feel like this is one of their higher profile movies right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. I just saw it on Shutter TV the other night, so they're they're still playing. You know. They're trying to put it out there right now. Yeah, so next on my list here, I have Blood Machines. Did you watch this? No, I haven't watched this yet. I saw the trailer. They've been playing the trailer for this like the last couple Joe Bobs, but I haven't gotten around to watching this yet. I would just wait because it's a 50-minute movie, but they broke it up into three chapters. So, And not all the chapters are out? No, they're doing it week by week for three weeks. Oh, but it's That's only 50 minutes. It's like, yeah, like it's like splitting up a TV episode into three chunks. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, it's fine. I think it's cool. The music is obviously great and the effects are awesome. The story is bizarre. It's like these guys find a spaceship that has a lady's ghost in it. And then mm-hmm. they, I guess, are chasing it. I don't know. I haven't seen it all, obviously, because there's only one episode out. And the, it, it just, it ends at a really weird spot. Does it honestly feel like they just, <laughs> they were like, we have 50 minutes and they cut it into three pieces just straight down the, yeah. Yeah. And they, they cut to credits and everything. I don't think it was meant to be seen like this because every that's, review is of the full experience. I'm like, I don't. That's extremely bizarre. That is so weird that they would chop it up like that. The reviews reference things, like the reviews reference the meat of the story, which hasn't happened yet, which is <laughs> that the ship is alive and there's a ghost in it. That doesn't happen in the first episode. So I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for ruining that. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand who at Shudder was like, yeah, we should split this TV episode into three chapters. 
I mean, maybe it was an AMC decision or something like that, but I feel like that was a really stupid way to launch this show. I, I'm going to finish yeah. it now, but, like, I, I, I'm i just going to wait till it's over and watch the whole thing. Because it's only yeah. 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's why I'm going to do it, because I don't want to wait week by, week by week to catch another, you know, 20 minutes of a movie. And it's weird because it's getting popularity. Like, I see a lot of people on my Twitter feed who don't, I've never seen tweet about Shudder saying might fuck around and watch blood machines and stuff. And then 10 minutes later or however long you see a follow-up <laughs> tweet. That's like, wait, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> is, is this like a 10 minute thing? They don't even know. So I don't know. I feel like that was a huge misstep on Shudder's part to launch it like this. Right. Especially when you advertise it on what has to be their most popular programming. <laughs> Right. During Joe Bob, like when everybody's gonna watch, you know, check out these trailers and see what other, you know, things they're trying to promote. Like, why wouldn't you have the full thing to keep people, you know, interested in your service and possibly checking out other, other uh, originals or whatever? Yeah, Shutter's got some weird shit they need to fix. Like, I should be able to search by director. That feels like a given on a horror streaming service because you follow directors more than most other genres i feel like uh also they need need to have a marker for foreign language movies not because i don't want to watch them but because i generally put on shutter in the background and it's so annoying that you can't tell what is a foreign language movie because they do custom art right and I feel like that's on purpose. I feel like they're purposely trying to get people to click on foreign language shit and not know it's foreign language because a lot of it's good. And like, I feel like people will stick around, right? If they click right. on it. But for background noise, it's not, not effective as a movie if you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Generally they keep that stuff out of the shutter TV rotation or they have a separate channel for that. So I like that, but blood machines is okay. The first episode I would give like a two out of five. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's fair to rate it though. Right, because it's, <laughs> it's like watching a quarter of a TV episode. Yeah, so we'll, I'll revisit when it's over. I'm not going to watch the second one this week. And then I've been playing a lot of games, just kind of bouncing around, but the one I put on here this week is SnowRunner. It's this game that I've been playing for like a month now, almost. It's like really, really, it's hard to explain and make it sound as cool as it is. <laughs> but it's a game where you drive off-road vehicles like pickup trucks, Hummers, Jeeps, and semi-trucks. And the gameplay loop is they have these big open maps, like four per area. And the areas are Michigan, Alaska, and Russia. So what you do is you use a scout vehicle like a pickup truck or a Hummer H2 is one of the options. Mm -hmm. And you find these watchtowers all over the map. There's like four or five in each one. And that reveals the map. And then you see what bridges are broken or like what roads are blocked off. And then you use a semi-truck to um, bring those needed supplies to those areas. And then when the map is filled out, you can start doing like trucking missions where you have to take stuff from one side or the other or tow a truck out of the mud and stuff like that. And you can even find like new cars that if you find them on the map, you can just keep them. So it's really cool. And it's for 40 bucks, there's a ton of content. It looks amazing, and it runs really, really well. It set itself to max settings at 4K, and I have had it locked at 60, and it's never dipped below that. Mm -hmm. So I, especially with the Epic sale right now, I would definitely recommend checking it out for 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, I remember you sent me the trailer for this, and 
I mean, I'm not a huge like racing or car guy game. Like I think the last one that I really liked was uh, like Fallout or Burnout Paradise. Um, maybe Midnight Club Three, but uh, this one actually seems pretty interesting. I like that kind of different spin on it, where it's not racing; it's it's more so like traversal and. It's almost like a Ubisoft game, but instead of playing as a generic character from the next period of Assassin's Creed, you're playing as a pickup truck, which is kind of hilarious in and of itself. Yeah, and like the mud deformation is insane. You never, you're never going to drive over like 25 miles an hour in this entire game because mm-hmm. you're, you're driving through like mud. You're pulling yourself out. There've been multiple times where I got the beginning truck you have, the pick, uh, the semi truck. I've gotten it stuck in the mud, and I've had to go to that truck with another car like uh i have this jeep ish or land rover ish vehicle i don't really it's a real car i just don't know what it is um and i use that to tow my semi truck out of the mud and i've even done like wackier shit like i've used that jeep like vehicle to tow a trailer with its winch and that (laughs) worked fine so the game lets you fuck around with its mechanics it's like a big physics playground it's really Mm -hmm. cool and the michigan map is like looks like michigan which is weird. Yeah, I mean, good biomes are cool, too. Those are, you know, fairly unique between, uh, like you said, Michigan. There's obviously a lot of, uh, if you do, like, fall areas or, like, kind of the northern areas of Michigan, Alaska is another cool location. Russia is something that you don't really see too often. So it seems like at least they, they have a decent variety. Yeah, and I, I, it says I've played 14 hours of it ever in front of me. Um, and I've, I'm only on the second little second of four maps in alaska and i've only done one map in michigan so there's like a ton of content in each one i could move on a lot faster but i'm trying to do everything I can as you go yeah there's certain jobs i'm like oh i need to definitely need a better truck for this i'll come back later and do that so i left a little bit of michigan unfinished but i yeah. highly recommend it it's also only yeah. 12 gigs yeah so you have some good shit on here this week i'll let you <laughs> take it away yeah so uh first game on my list this week is uh, Dishonored. I recently did a uh, replay of this. Uh, I haven't played Dishonored 1 since probably, you know, six months to a year after it came out. And uh, originally, when I first played the game, it didn't click with me. And so I kind of backed away and waited for it to go on sale. And I really liked it the second time. And uh, I think it really holds up. So this is like obviously most people have played it, but you play as Corvo, who's like this disgraced uh, guard to the uh, like empress of this fictionalized like European country, and uh, it's basically just a you know very good stealth game that you have these supernatural powers. There's plenty of level variety, plenty of uh, options in terms of how you complete the objectives. And it really kind of leaves most of the game in your hands as to how you want to play it, which I think is kind of the biggest strength of the game. Yeah, I've been playing it too. I restarted it. I also, it didn't click with me when it came out because I just never really had played any games like it. Now I have because it feels very similar to something like Deus Ex or Half-Life 2 specifically, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because the world designer in Half-Life 2 did all the world design on Dishonored. And I bought the second one day one, and I played it in, like, one sitting. So I really like this series, but you mentioned the DLC. I haven't really finished the DLC for the first one or the second one, so I was like, yeah, I'll just replay them all in order. This game has some really good lore, which I think makes it stand out 
There's three yeah. books on top of I, two DLCs for the first game that are very story driven, and then a full expansion that's a standalone game for the second uh, game that kind of just ends the series. Like it has a definitive ending. That kind of like they could come back to it if they really wanted to, but the story of Corvo and uh, Emily, the Empress's daughter, is over at that point, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. And yeah, this... yeah, the stealth gameplay is insane. Yeah, I mean, just like the first area that they kind of open it up is like the level variety is like you could either you know climb up and around this building or you can pull out this like whale oil thing and then it'll turn off this electric fence. You can sneak sneak past everyone that way, or you can possess a rat and climb through the tunnels and then turn back into a person at the other end. So there's like just a really insane amount of variety for how you can play the game. And there's, you know, very stealth skills and there's some aggressive ones and, you know, how you tackle each encounter is affects your like chaos meter. And if it's really chaotic, then there's a lot more rats and the rats will eat bodies. So it's like, that's kind of good and kind of bad because they also attack you. So there's a lot of cool mechanics for this game, and the story is, I think, really, really interesting. I mean, level design's like way ahead of its time. There's a lot of variety. The only thing that I really didn't like about it, um, that I didn't really remember, is how abrupt the ending is. Like the ending of the game is literally, like you rescue this person and then it's over. Final cutscene plays. It's not like escape the area. It's like oh, you got to the door. Game over. I just thought that was like weirdly. I don't know if like pace is the right word, but it's just so abrupt. Yeah, it's not a very long game, and they it feels like they want you to go through and play a high chaos or whatever version, and then a low chaos one, so you have it like a double playthrough. And I don't mm-hmm. think you can get all the powers. I think you can get all the powers if you want, but if you're really buying into certain ones and upgrading them, you can't do everything in one playthrough. But like for a late 360 era game. It had a lot of cool content. It was like a linear, great story. That was when everyone was way, way, way getting into open world shit. They were like, what? It's like a linear game for $60? Like, oh, I need like at least 600 hours worth of content. Like Ubisoft checkmarks on a map. I think Ubisoft... I think Ubisoft is like honestly to blame for why everything is fucking open world, (laughs) even if it doesn't need to be. Because in, in Grand Theft Auto 4 is probably to blame a little bit in 5 too. Yeah. But I really, I've been really starting to butt heads with open world design like this year mainly. And then going back and playing Mafia 2, I forgot to put this on here. That game is just like perfectly exemplifies how stupid it is to make a game open world when you don't need to. Because that is like a six hour game that is padded out to 12 hours with boring driving from back and forth between missions in an open world that never gives you an opportunity to just explore the open world there's no side missions or anything like that you're literally just driving around this massive city (laughs) to play a pretty mediocre story that just rips off from every better than it mob movie and the shooting sucks too so i don't really I think that they really focused on making that game as linear as Dishonored is with smaller open areas. It would have been a thousand percent better. And they did not learn that lesson at all because the game they followed it up with is Mafia 3, which is widely regarded as one of the most boring, janky open world games of this generation. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably why there's not a Mafia 4, right? Yeah, like I'm going to try Mafia 3. I have it. 
because I want to see the story, but it, it's, it's one of those games. I say this all the time. It feels like it's getting in its own way by having too much shit to do that isn't necessary or relevant to the game at all and isn't fun. It's like, I don't understand why. I understand why, because people bitch and moan constantly if a game is a one playthrough game, doesn't have new game plus, and it's, they clock, they, they conflate value with time played. So they'll complain endlessly about something like Resident Evil 3, even though it's a highly focused, extremely polished experience, but they'll run out and buy busted ass assassin's creed odyssey right. which needed like 50 patches at launch day one right but that one's a good game because it's 50 hours and it's resident evil 3 is a bad game because it's six hours yeah and then like i i finished odyssey it took over 100 hours with the xp boost and all i did was a story you have to do side stuff to continue the story i finished that game did like the bare minimum it took over 100 hours that is insane because yeah. the game can't support that the story, the overall story is not made to be that long. The mission design is like budget Witcher 3 and the combat is budget Dark Souls. So I don't know. I think Ubisoft realizes this because they delayed every single game that they had coming out this year after Ghost Recon failed. Like, I feel like they're finally getting bit in the ass for pumping out unoriginal cookie cutter copy paste bullshit open world games instead of actually delivering experiences people want you know yeah i mean to me i've kind of been off the ubisoft train for a while because i i feel like every time they release a game it's basically one game that they just paste whatever like the franchise is on top of it like every assassin's creed game is exactly the same these new ghost recon games are basically just assassin's creed with guns like everything they make is the same game with a new with a different skin on it Right, it's like with the Far Cry towers, those worked really well in Far Cry, so they put them in Assassin's Creed, or they I guess they started in Assassin's Creed as like filling out the map, but they did work really well in Far Cry, so that's fine. But like with Ghost Recon, they're like, yeah, we'll make it like Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey, which were games that they looked at the division and we're like oh we should have tiered loot because the division has it and people like that like if you have a game that's built around these concepts that game's always going to be better than the one you try and like glue it onto the side of you know like make a ghost recon game and make a division game and make an assassin's creed game like you don't need and make a far cry you don't need everything to be identical you know right. and just because it works in one game doesn't mean that it's going to be the best system for all the games that you make yeah so I don't know. I really hope that they learn their lesson on that stuff. It's like Ghost of Tsushima too. That comes out this month, I think, or next month. I have no interest in that game. Like, it looks great, and it's another cool samurai story with awesome graphics, and it's a PS4 exclusive, but if you took all the branding off that game, you could show it to anyone and tell them it's the new Assassin's Creed, and they'd be like, sick, I'm going to buy that. Like, no yeah. one would question it. I mean, hopefully Sucker Punch is usually a little bit more original with... Uh you know, their gameplay elements or, or things that they add to it. So hopefully there's a, a couple interesting twists to that game. Right. So, yeah, but Dishonored, I, we need more games like that. Obviously, Arcane made Prey. They did a really good job with the map in um, Wolfenstein Youngblood. They designed the whole map for it. Like, they know what they're doing with level design. Yeah, really cool settings, both those games. I mean, Dishonored's setting is, like, so unique and memorable. 
I mean, same with Youngblood, where it was at Nazi-occupied Paris with the catacombs as, like, your base. That That's all really cool. I mean, those are, like, interesting areas to explore, and, you know, just being in them kind of adds a lot of texture to the game. Right, totally. And I just want to... And we know what they're doing next. Um, it's called Deathloop. That kind of looks like a multiplayer shooter to me, just from what we've seen. Yeah. Not really too stoked to see their take on that since that's not what they're good at uh but we don't know what their austin studio is working on because they have two studios they have one in france which is the one that made dishonored and then they have one in austin which is the one that made prey and i loved prey so I, i'm really excited to see what they're doing next yeah it'll be interesting um but yeah i'm gonna go back and finish up the dlc for this game and then uh, probably jump into the second one because uh, still holds up. Really strong game. If you never played it, definitely go and pick up Dishonored. Um, other game that I've been playing a little bit of is Gears Tactics. So this is the new Gears game from Splash Damage that is their take on a tactics game. And this is a genre that I like. I like tactics games. And uh, this one is really solid. It has basically everything you'd want. It uh, you know controls like any other tactics game it has overwatch it has you know clicking movement uh rotating the map everything like that all your characters you can customize much like a an XCOM game uh there's these like armor uh loot crates on the map that you can pick up throughout the missions that you do and those give you armor that you can equip uh to modify your weapons or modify your characters there's side missions you can send people on. There's really a ton of content in this game. And the mechanics are really, really solid. I just got to the first boss fight in the game, and that is also really tense and interesting. So it seems like they put a lot of time and effort into making sure this is like a very functional, cool tactics game. Not that anybody but me is going to play it. Yeah, it's weird. Like It has a AAA budget from every trailer I've seen and all the gameplay and all the reviews. But because it's a Game Pass release... They're like, we don't need to market that. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't feel like anyone even knows it came out. No, totally. And, and like, like it has full cutscenes, full, complete, like, Gears of War level cutscenes, which is, like, probably their, their one of their AAA, like, only big exclusives uh, for Microsoft. It's obviously had a lot of time and effort put into it, but I haven't seen one person talk about this game. And I feel like I'm the only one that's played any of it. But I really like it so far. Like, it's not a bad game in any way, especially if you like tactics games. So uh, it, it's weird to me that this is receiving, like, no public uproar when I feel like anytime an XCOM game comes out, people are like, this is why you have a PC, so you can play games like this. They only released Gears Tactics on PC also. It's not even on Xbox yet. It's like a right. full-on PC Microsoft exclusive, and they're not even marketing it at all it's weird and splash damage this is like a big game for them like that's a full-on triple a thing splash damage usually makes multiplayer modes for games they're they're like the multiplayer freelancers they did the doom 2016 one on top uh they did a bunch like so many games like the old medal of honors that they tried to reboot to be call of duty those were splash damage i think yeah i think the only other like triple a game that they were involved with I'm not sure exactly what they did for it but um Arkham Origins, oh, which yeah, is totally. another yeah, like they did the multiplayer way overlooked that. game. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. So yeah, they do multiplayer for games usually, but that's not really... Multiplayer used to be this thing where every game had to have it. Like Bioshock 2 had multiplayer, 
and they yeah. kind of <laughs> pulled back a little bit because they were like trying to make games more valuable but multiplayer modes are only good if people are playing them and if it doesn't belong in a game no one's gonna play it like no one's right. playing Bioshock 2's multiplayer <laughs> no. yeah i think i played like three rounds of it after i beat the story and then never touched it again yeah just to get a couple trophies just to, like, right clean up so you're continuing your segment here though of random movies you find on streaming <laughs> services that you haven't seen i pissed we should have put this sooner so this is like the continuation of george's segment what is high moon so i don't know why this keeps happening to me i don't know why I, every time i try something new it ends up being a terrible movie but High Moon is a movie that I found on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's this B movie about a guy. So the opening scene is this guy is like a gunslinger, and he's in the middle of this western town, and then there's a gang of outlaws that are actually werewolves. So the full moon comes up, they all turn into werewolves, it looks ter- terrible, uh, it's like basically just like a Halloween city mask and, uh, yellow contact lenses. And then they glue a bunch of hair to the rest of their body. Um, so like, is it a wolf costume or are they like trans, <laughs> are they like halfway there? Remember late phases, how it was like a Chuck E. Cheese type wolf costume? <laughs> yeah. Like pajamas it's, with a mask? What, it's what, not where a, does it sit? It's not a full, like bad costume. It's like really bad, like prosthetics. It's like literally black face paint like fur glued to their face and yellow contact lenses (laughs) okay and that's about the extent of uh the effort they put in to make them look like werewolves and uh they also have really long fingernails show up was it just there yeah i mean i I was just browsing the horror section of amazon prime movies and i was like hi moon the the description is like a gunslinger has to hunt down a biker gang of werewolves and i was like that sounds awesome (laughs) <laughs> and then you start it and it's terrible i mean basically after he kills all the werewolves this samurai guy shows up and kills the kills the main character then it fast forwards to present day and for some reason everybody all the werewolves that were murdered have all their caskets have washed up in this like two inch tall river and they all got out and then started their rampage they kill a biker gang and steal their women and their motorcycles and this other guy is found in the middle of a field somewhere by this, uh, like, uh, a female lead. And he teams up with the local law enforcement, and he's like, you gotta hunt these werewolves, I know what I'm doing. And everyone's like, you must be insane, because there's not werewolves. And then, guess what? There are werewolves. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's extremely lazy. It's like, the makeup is laughable. Oh, dude, it's like right. dude, I'm watching the trailer right now. <laughs> it is... I thought George was exaggerating when he said a two-inch tall river. No, it's a two-inch tall river. How do they, they like? They couldn't float on that if you were in a cabin. No, but five caskets wash up in that river. And they call I, I mean, these guys just, werewolves. Yeah. It's what the fuck. It's like almost so bad it's good, but it kind of takes itself too seriously to be like full-on campy. Like if it was like really wild the entire time. I think it would be a fun watch, but it's just like the dialogue is really dumb. The, the werewolves look terrible. It's so lazy. I mean, setting it in present day just so you can save some money and not have it be a Western the whole time is like, whatever. Oh, I, I forgot. 
So one one of the weirdest moments in the movie is so the the female lead rescues like the main character gunslinger guy, kind of nurses him back to health, and then he gets up and he starts looking around her house and finds like old western guns. He finds like a repeater and a revolver, which I assume she just, oh, I just had. Saw that. I just saw and that then in the trailer. He, <laughs> then he picks up a box yeah. of silver bullets and he's like, "You have silver bullets?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> he just takes them. Why would she have silver bullets? I feel like judging by the fact that every moment you mentioned is in the trailer, you can just get away <laughs> with watching the trailer for this and be totally fine. Because <laughs> like, it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So I, I watched her mouth those words when he's like, "You just have silver bullets." <laughs> I was going to ask you about that guy specifically because he's dressed like. The the, clo- the outfit he's wearing is about four sizes too big. He's dressed like an old timey cowboy. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, he's got an XL duster on, and he's like this ripped. Oh, he's dude. ripped. I thought he he kind of looks like the kid who joins uh like the National Guard after high school to me. He's got that kind of vibe. <laughs> I wouldn't like I wouldn't necessarily say like skinny ripped. I guess is how he looks. His hat's a little too big. Yeah, everything about it is just a, li- a little bit off. It's really a strange so movie. So when, when they're in the like, I, cowboy times. I, does it look good yeah. then or is it does it look as bad as this present day stuff because like the sky is blown out in every shot it looks like <laughs> well the one scene it, which I, there's nothing wrong the with one that, scene in the but, old you know <laughs> uh the one scene that takes place in the old west is shot at night so it's like just a like a probably pretty thrown together western set but it doesn't look bad because you can't really see see any of the buildings too well and uh, it's kind of like a cloudy night, and uh, the werewolves transform, and the werewolves look terrible. And then he kind of beats a lot of them up with like some, you know, Halloween cities style <laughs> like axes and his guns, and it's just <laughs> really bad. So, not to disparage using props from like you know Party City, because there's a movie on Shutter called The Headhunter, which is made by the guy who made Things Killing. That movie, all of the props are from like halloween or spirit halloween and they look awesome Mm -hmm. they look really cool the armors from spirit halloween the yeah but i'm sure they like didn't take a stock mask from spirit halloween and put it in the movie they like edited they changed it because as we learned with the the trick-or-treat studios halloween masks the the sculpt can be great but the it really comes down to how it's painted because if you just you know go to spirit halloween giving them all these free plugs and you buy the Trigger Street Studios <laughs> Halloween 2018 Michael Myers mask, it looks like shit off the shelf. It doesn't, it, it like, does not look close to the movie. But then if you take the hair off, which is actually easy to do because it's in strips, and then you just prime it and you just use, like, a like a paintbrush to get in the little holes, you can make it look be- just like the movie one. And it takes just a few hours, you know? The total time is nothing. Most of the time you, you're just waiting yeah. for paint to dry. That's all they had to do. And I can see this movie... It looks like they had fun making it. So it's hard to disparage them there. And the concept is definitely original. Like mixing action, biker story, western. That's cool. <laughs> How does the samurai f- factor in here? <laughs> so this... I was waiting for you to ask me about the samurai. So the samurai dude kills him in the opening scene. And then he has this monologue later... Where he explains that that guy, it he has some stupid name, some title, 
and uh, he basically chose him to be like the protector of this dimension because he the samurai dudes from another dimension and so there's like this mr miyagi training sequence where he trains him how to use the like two axes and stuff and it's so <laughs> cringeworthy <laughs> and uh teaches them about werewolves how to kill them and then gives them all of his like weird halloween <laughs> spirit halloween weapons like what use. like what's his arsenal what are we dealing with here it's literally it's like two like double headed axes like fire axes, uh, but double-sided. It's like woodcutter axes. Right. Right. So two woodcutter axes. Uh, there's like a staff that's like, I assume, like a like a wooden stake, even though I don't think that's for werewolves. And uh, the staff is gone. That's one of the big pieces that's missing in the movie that they got to get back. I assume that, that kills them all again or something. I, I, I kind of tuned it out after a little bit. But... Uh, then he has a revolver and a uh, repeater, and that's pretty much his arsenal. Okay. Okay. How long is it? Uh, it's an hour and a half. Also, did you pay for it? No, it's it's a free to stream on oh, Amazon. Oh, so this Prime. is like in the tier of something like Haunting of Saginaw, Michigan. Like someone just right. uploaded something it. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. What you can do, you can just upload a movie. It's like it's like two steps above like the Bad Ben trilogy. That's one we have to talk about. You have been trying to sell me on the Bad Ben movies for a long time. Oh my god. There's a lot of them. The there's Bad three ben. of them, right? There's a, there's a new one coming out. That pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode of Fear Frequency. Um, I don't really have any closing words. You can follow George at George Frizzard on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where you can get great reviews of movies like High Moon and Bad Ben 1 through 3. <laughs> <laughs> i'm on twitter right. instagram and letterbox especially youtube youtube's the main spot to go uh at jimmy champagne uh if you like the show share it with a friend leave us a review on itunes i re-downloaded the apple podcast app and it crashed my phone so george is definitely going to be on itunes review duty so if we don't <laughs> read your review you know who to go after but we'd really appreciate some five-star reviews if you guys have been around a while you know this but like a year ago two years ago these dudes started a podcast called the fear frequency <laughs> and when i kindly very kindly asked them hey can you like you didn't even launch an episode yet could you like think about changing your name because we like own this and we've been doing it for two years at the time they, they were huge fucking assholes and got all their dipshit asshole friends to come and give the show one star and we reported it to itunes and they will not remove the one-star ratings. So help us offset those with five-star ratings. We know we can do it. We can do it, George. We can do it. I believe in us. Okay. See you guys next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.